I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. Enneagram is a map of the human personality. It's a tool for navigating relationships. It creates language for what motivates us and helps us look at the way we look at everything else. Most importantly, the Enneagram's a mirror because sometimes you need help seeing yourself. My name is Jeff Cook. I'm a philosopher in Greeley, Colorado, and with me is TJ Wilson, businessman, lover of theology, and Enneagram ninja. Hello. My man. Hey. I heard that you recently went uh, under the surgeon's knife, got all cut up. Have fresh wounds on your right shoulder. That's true. I do. Yeah. Thousands and thousands of tiny fresh wounds. <laughs> Incredibly. It created a design. And so TJ is recently tattooed. Yep. Hooray. You can add that to your, your bio here at the upfront behind <laughs> businessman. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not my first tattoo. It's just the first one in a long time. So I was really heartened by this. I, you didn't need to put my name on your shoulder. I, I think Joni <laughs> or Fiona would have been way more appropriate. But just so you know, I was really, you know, I was, uh, I was I, that, that was meaningful to me. You were touched. Uh, I mean, you know, just a <laughs> just a symbol of the longevity of our friendship. Yeah. I want you to know I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Joni and Fiona do not get that luxury. <laughs> TJ has uh, a pair of eighth notes, a mom tattoo, and what do you call this gadget? It's a... A portafilter. Yes. Yeah. It's the handle thing that that goes into an espresso machine that actually holds the espresso. Artist and tradesman that you are. Yeah. Wanted to do something something interesting that I'd never seen before about my love of coffee. So here we go. Speaking about getting hurt intentionally, not intentionally. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking about getting hurt. This podcast is going to take a different turn. (laughs) We'll talk about the unintentional hurt that often comes out of relationships. I promised this last time that there there are ways to deal with hurt in what seems to me healthy ways given the Enneagram. There's all sorts of advice I'm sure you could get on how to deal with relationships going wrong and things breaking. This is kind of our best take on what the Enneagram says, just given all just the whole system. Right. So this is by no means conclusive. I assume you could write a couple of books, maybe a whole section of books <laughs> on uh, relationships and relationships going badly. But I, I found as we were, uh, you know, prepping that this stuff came across to me as fresh mm-hmm. and and foundational. Yeah. Kind of give you some foundation from which to do some of the higher end stuff, but this will give you some base. Right. Well, let me give the quick setup and you can tell me what I miss on this one. We're talking about affect groups. This is one of the four sets of triads. You can obviously, you won't be able to follow if you don't listen to our first two episodes on this. So right. please go back if you haven't already right. uh, to listen to how we connect. But these are, we're going to talk about how we connect to the world. And sometimes when we connect to other people, we call that love or affection. Like we actually have some sort of intimacy or um, feelings of uh, friendship, of, of togetherness that occur. And human, as human beings, we're made for those sorts of relationships. And I think we all intuitively know we're made for those sorts of relationships. And what TJ and I have tried to do is to show how our type influences how we connect with other people and what we want in response. The thing that we hit last time and are going to build on is sometimes the love and care that we are desirous of and seeking to get from another person isn't returned. There's like a lack. We really wanted to be cared for from this person in front of us and it didn't happen. And lack is an important category. Um, for some of us, we give gifts of, of strength or affection or wisdom in order to get love. 
For some of us, we create spaces where everybody feels a certain way. For some of us, we're pulling people into, into ideal situations, experiences. However we get love, sometimes it's not reciprocated and we feel the lack, like this person didn't connect to the, the thing that was really most important to me. And so that idea of lack is something we're going to keep coming back to. Anything to build on there or add there? Yeah, I just want to uh, reiterate that like this, this is not necessarily about romantic love. We're talking about any kind of connection you have to another person. And I think this can also be extended to some of the things that we love, like our cars and our jobs and um, our houses, whatever, um, our, our pets. <laughs> but, but it's also, uh, we need to remember that, that sometimes that lack happens because it's rejected like like we offer these things the the space the whatever it is we're offering the idealism we, we offer these and the person across the table from us says no no thanks uh and and sometimes it, it's just it, it just kind of kind of just circumstantially it just doesn't happen so so we're talking about rejection but also any any space where where that those things that we offer are are not received and and that could be at someone else's fault, but it's not necessarily a fault situation. So, yep. What do you do in those spaces? Um, the thing that hit us is pushing into the high side of our motive, our stance, and our stress number. Really give us some foundation and stability in these places because we can't control other people, right? And you can't control whether or not somebody else. Loves you, cares for you, wants to be your friend, wants to talk to you anymore, etc. Right. right. Grounding is going to be finding what does it look like for me to be a healthy person in my type, according to my motive, my stance, and how do I use the tools available in stress to really get some stability. So, so that's yeah. where we're going. Great. Anything else by way of setup? Yeah, I, I I think we'll see a lot of really interesting things, and and this is this is a good way to highlight that like like people's needs are different. Some people are going to need to learn how to create better boundaries with the people that that are not reciprocating their their love and affection. That some people don't need to create better boundaries; they need to do something different. Some like some people need to lean in to their emotional space a little bit more, and and. Like there is not a one size fits all answer to these questions, and and especially given that the circumstances are always different, but our type responds to these places differently. So I'm excited to talk about how different these things look. Bang. Would love to encourage you to get ready for just a barrage of Enneagram. Because we're gonna fly <laughs> through a lot of stuff, but but if you if you can at least like zero in on your type, on types of people that that you care about, hopefully you'll catch. Here's the rhythm. Here's the flow. This is uh, some some worthwhile stuff worth grabbing hold of. So, but the, but this may feel like a lot. Um, and of course, on, if if you need to listen to it multiple times, we're we're never against that. Helps us on the iTunes. <laughs> by, by the way, while you're listening to this, you should go give us some stars in a review. Um, I know we always save that for the end because we don't want anyone who has you know checked out at this point to give us a, a review because right. that's a three-star, right. two-star guarantee. If you don't like our intro. <laughs> one of the most grounding things, it seems to me, if you're just looking for one thing, to get healthy with Enneagram stuff, it's pushing into the heart's message. We've talked about the heart's message a lot. Love to highlight it in the context of broken relationships. We're going to divide, uh, again, the triads are two, five, eight, which are the relationists, ones, fours, and sevens, who are the idealists, and three, sixes, and nines, who are pragmatists. So just to set that up, starting with twos, fives, and eights, all of us, need to hear a message from those in our lives. The unfortunate thing with broken relationships is that's the message we're not getting. Right. One of the really important things it seems to me in getting healthy in our center, in our motive, is finding a source for getting the heart's message. 
many of us connect with with God in these ways. Like we need to hear something from God that you know, the whole world might blow up. All our relationships might fail. But for those who believe in God, God can be that constant source, that constant refuge. I don't know what that necessarily looks like in other spaces uh, for other traditions, but finding this message for your type from a voice that's unassailable, that will always be there. Like, where are you getting this influx from someone who's honest, authentic, and can really speak with power this sort of message into your life? It, I don't know that there's a, a treasure more valuable than, than that for just being a healthy person. Right. Yeah, we're uh, like it, it's it's easy for us to lean into the like God speaking in this message kind of thing, and there's there's a lot of other ways I think that that people can access this. Like if if you don't believe in God, that's that's fine. I think there's um, I've had a lot of. Uh, let's say humanist friends who uh, like, like this message needs to come from your internal core and, and speak to, to the part of you that actually processes the world. Uh, there's, there's a lot of places like a, any kind of like bigger than you kind of place where this message can come from that, that that's, that's one of the, the great places to look for it. And then um, beyond that, there's, there's also, like finding the right people in your life to be able to communicate this message. We've talked about the heart's message in, in other podcasts and, and I, I think there's a lot of good material there about like where and how to find people who will speak this, these kinds of messages to you. Really right. important. And we really need to be critical of where those messages come from. This is one of the unfortunate sides to this is if I'm getting this message from other human beings, a lot of times other human beings will fail. That's right. why I'm in this place of lack and hurt, you right, know, right. Uh, either collectively or individually. I'm if uh, like some of us may have thousands of followers on whatever media platform, you know, we're part of, but those folks can turn on a dime, right. you know, right. finding those sources or that source that's stable, super important. So here's the message that twos, fives and eights need to hear. Twos need to hear that they're loved and wanted. Fives need to hear that their needs are not a problem. And eights need to hear that they're not going to be betrayed. What ends up emerging from that is a fruit. And it's the, uh, we've talked about fruit in the past, but the fruit in terms of affect groups is going to be creating healthy relational boundaries for these three types. Right. If the two knows that they're loved and wanted, they can create healthy relational boundaries. Right. If the five knows their needs aren't a problem, they can create healthy relational boundaries. If eights know they're not going to be betrayed, again, relational boundaries. This is what's most essential to twos, fives, and eights as relationists. They're offering a gift. They often come to relationships expecting to be rejected. When rejected, they might strengthen that expectation. They might rev that sucker up to, you know, nobody's going to care for me. Everybody's going to injure me. Nobody's going to seek to, you know, meet my needs. But if you have that heart's message deep in your core, then you can actually navigate relationships and relational boundaries wisely. Right. Yeah, this is, um, I think this, this will be true for all the types, but the, the that lack uh, sort of pushes against and reinforces the opposite side of that heart's message and and so like that like relationists are expecting rejection when they get when they experience what they interpret as rejection which might be outright rejection that's fine uh the but but the experience of rejection in average to unhealthy space will force essentially reinforce the idea that the, the opposite of their heart's message, that they will be betrayed, that they are not wanted around, that, that their needs are a problem. And this causes them to double down on that expectation that people are going to reject them. And so healthy relational boundaries, this is about learning where boundaries are appropriate and also leaning into where they're not necessarily appropriate. 
Like it's like healthy boundaries is the goal. So just plain boundaries, just putting up fences is actually reinforcing the unhealthy behavior. So learning where those where those boundaries need to come down is is an important part and and learning where where you have put up walls, put up boundaries in places where you need to to figure out how to open up to to let other people in sometimes that's that's good and important work and and when you experience that lack of love when when you experience the thing that you're offering is being rejected it's easy to just slam a door shut, but there are healthier ways to be. That's it. A lot of what we're going to see both in these three types and the other types is an invitation towards some kind of moderation. Mm -hmm. Everyone needs to embrace moderation on these fronts. Aristotle counted moderation as the chief among the virtues. There is something about not too much, not too little, when it comes to relationships that we see all over the place. Right. But here it is. I'm going to shut people off completely is, is a truly unhealthy place to be. Right. Leads to isolation, as we talked about last time. Right. Having a, a bad experience with uh, an ex-girlfriend and deciding from there that you're going to swear off women... Like that's just that's not a that's not sustainable. It's 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 probably a good way to get you through the next couple of months, but it's not sustainable in the long term. And yep. and learning how to create healthy boundaries, that's the goal. Finding your value and the fact that you have unsurpassable worth in the eyes of that source ends up needs that needs to be a centerpiece. Because from that you can remind yourself of your worth. Remind yourself of your value. Step into relationships can obviously be tricky. Right. And painful. Right. And of course, like these three types are a good example of like the things that you are offering are not going to be accepted by everyone. And and we have no expectation for you to open up to everyone. Eights, we are not saying that you have to be vulnerable to everyone. There are people in the world who want to take advantage of you. And it is good and right and healthy for you to have boundaries with those people. But there are some people in your life that perhaps your boundaries are a little too strong. And and those boundaries exist because other people have done damage. And maybe you need to, to soften a little bit to the people that are in front of you as opposed to just maintaining that whatever happened to me in the past is going to continue to happen. Same thing with twos and fives. There's there's not an expectation for you to open your your sanctum to open your arms to every single person who comes across your path but learning how to open to the people that are important is good it's good it's all moderation yep not too much not too little yep where's the goldilocks zone right right ones fours and seven are idealists when they lack it's going to look like having their ideals for their relationships and experiences go unmet. This can invite frustration. The heart's message here is important again. For ones, it's your good. For fours, it's your scene. For sevens, it you'll be provided for. It's again the case, finding that source of where, where ones are you being reminded of your inherent goodness, quality. Fours, where are you being reminded that someone sees your value, worth, uniqueness in the world. And sevens, that finding that source for having being able to live without fear of going without ends up just being huge towards being emotionally healthy because if you can't get here, you're always going to be on tilt. You're always going to be leaning too hard into, uh, you know, it's that 50-pound weight that will move you. It's like you're carrying a 50 pound weight. If you don't have, you know, somebody telling you this stuff, it will always, you'll always push too hard towards being seen towards proving that you're good, you know, towards always trying to ensure provision, not a healthy place to be. Right. Um, this leads, and I'll, I'll set you up here. This leads towards a healthy frustration. Frustration isn't necessarily bad. When your ideals aren't met, there's going to be an emotional reaction to that 
of I really wished that this had happened or that I had had a different kind of experience and it didn't materialize. And so it's like you're handed all that energy. What do you do with that energy? It seems to me there's healthy ways to deal with frustration, but I'd love your thoughts on that. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think that frustration is not necessarily a, a, a terrible thing. Um, and and especially in the case of these idealists who have this, they, they, there's this vision of how things could be, how things should be, how, and, and I'm trying to sort of draw attention and, and, and reshape the world to this vision of, of what could be, what the idealistic version of the world that I see that apparently nobody else around me sees frustration comes in when, when that idealism is not met, which is often and sometimes always because the world is imperfect and people are imperfect and there's no chance that anyone is going to see everything about you because we can't read your thoughts. And there's, going to be times when you experience stuff that you don't really want to go through and learning how to have healthy frustration I think is is about recognizing that there are some of those places where that frustration is appropriate and not beating yourself up not not becoming more frustrated at the fact that you're frustrated is is a good thing learning where that frustration is appropriate and letting go where it's not appropriate there are some things that you can't fix there are some people who not are not interested in depth there are some some times when you have to sit in in something unpleasant and and the frustration that you feel there you might have to just let it go but there are sometimes when when the people around you are not doing what needs to be done, and there are sometimes when the person across the table refuses to connect with you in ways that you need it that you need, and and there are sometimes when people are trying to hold you back or hold you to a certain standard, like that we talk about sevens being the the sort of entertainment monkey, and and people get really upset when sevens start doing work because they're not fun anymore, and it's like, well, actually, they're just more balanced now, and and being frustrated at your friends for not liking you doing work on yourself, that's a good thing. And it, it means it will propel you into recognizing that those people aren't your friends. They're friends with a dancing monkey. And, and you are bigger than that. And, and so learning where that frustration can be helpful, can be important, and can also draw people into the work that needs to get done. That's, that's good frustration. Focusing on things that kind of don't matter to anyone else, that's not necessarily good frustration. Once fours and sevens can often be the creators in a culture. And mm -hmm. as creators, you're putting your work out to be judged by the masses. You're stepping into the arena. That's a That can be a very uh, exposing place. Right. And in terms of relationships... It's creating relationships is a creation process and being creative in terms of this is where we're going to go or this is the world we're going to build. This is the experiences that I want to have. That's a exposing spot to be. I want to say that this, I don't remember who this quote is, but someone in essence said, uh, the only way to avoid criticism is to say nothing, do nothing and be nothing. Mm, yeah. I think that's a, that's the word I think for idealists. Yeah or among the others, I think that's something that idealists need to hear. And frustration in my mind can be in its healthiest way, something that moves the idealist elsewhere. Yeah. It's, it's like, this didn't go well. You are feeling it now in your mind, heart and gut and you're adjusting, you know, right. Let's, let's try something else. Right. Um, a healthy frustration it can be the case that this can become targeted. Those people didn't understand me. I'm sure ones, fours, and sevens can have that kind of reaction. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's the right response, but there's certainly something if you're pushing into the heart's message and reminding yourself of your value, then frustration can simply be an invitation to creating something new. Right. Don't sit in the same places of frustration. That's a it's probably bad frustration if, if you're, you know, frustrated. I think that's what frustration is meant to do is to move you. Yeah. 
I hope so. In a healthy, in a healthy I mean, sense, it, it it should. In yeah, in the healthy way, it it should be a, a propellant, especially for these types that that frustration so easily turns on itself. It turns on on the user, if you will, and I can easily imagine ones getting frustrated at themselves being frustrated because they they should be responding better to the people around them, and it's like, well, okay, sometimes. Sometimes you need to have a healthier perspective. And sometimes it's actually really good for you to to be upset that other people can't see what you're trying to do. Uh, and, and same thing with fours and sevens. It's why you need that foundation up front. Like if, if the one is convinced of their goodness ahead of anything that, you know, anyone else might say, they can serve out of a place of strength. Right. As opposed to us, uh, I'm I'm trying to create these a better better world in order to get your feedback and remind me that I have value. Right. Well, that's not a good place to be. Nope. Uh, nope. And and that's true of all the types. Yeah, you're good before other people's feedback. Leaning into that helps put the frustration in the places it needs to be. Yeah. You're seen before other people say it out loud and and express that they understand what you're saying. You're you're seen. You're known, and and leaning into that produces healthy frustration about bad relationships. I think it's one of the reasons that we think that self confidence is attractive. It's actually because there's there's an energy there. Mm. You know, when people are actually comfortable in their skins, they're not looking for their value for me in terms of the feedback that I'm going to offer. Right. You know, right. And that, that just I kind of freeze, freeze things up to, to flow a little looser, especially in relationships. Yep. Three, six, nines. Y'all are giving gifts, creating spaces. Um, sometimes those spaces that are meant to establish excellence, safety, and um, peace just aren't received. People jack up those spaces come in with a big old can of spray paint and mess everything up. Not that spray paint is always bad, but this is, this is the bad kind of graffiti. The thing about three sixes and nines is like the other types in creating the space, you're not only creating the space for others, you're also creating the space for yourself. Right. So manufacturing the space is, is an artistic work. It's a building work. It's I'm establishing this for you and for me. This is a connecting work, but sometimes the connection doesn't happen. And that means here that the, the thing you valued most, the excellence, the peace, the safety, that, that gets thrown into confusion. Again, finding your heart's message prior to creating those spaces is just going to be essential. Nine's presence matters. The three has unassailable value. Six is you are enough. These are things that need to be like bedrock prior to creating the spaces. Yeah, right, right. Because they're these these speak to the kind of space that we're trying to create and actively work against the disruption of those spaces. I'm idealistic in in how I'm pitching this, that you got to get your foundation <laughs> solid before you jump into everything else. But really, it's, it, there is something about when this works best. It's just addressing your core, jumping back in with that foundation. That's that's a way to be healthy in relationships. There's As we're talking, one of the things actually, before we hit the, the fruit of three sixes and nines, the thing that's been hitting me is this is one of the reasons that most spiritual traditions have people doing some sort of morning routine, some sort of morning ritual. Mm. It's it's not prayer for prayer's sake. It's not like it's as somebody who's read the Bible a handful of times, reading through the Bible isn't necessarily going to do a lot of good for you. It's what you do with that. It's like it's just getting through a book is getting through a book. Great. Put a right. check mark next to it. Right. No, you need to pull something from it. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of the people who are actually have their stuff together, what they're pulling out of their spiritual tradition is the heart's message for themselves, reminding themselves in different ways each day the thing that their type, their heart needs to hear most. And that's what I see here. Yeah. If nines know that their presence already matters in the world, they can disconnect from toxic relationships and not worry about it. Right. 
and and, and so so this one uh, the the pragmatist these these three types their their energy is their their affect if you will is is directed at both all of their internal space and the external world around them so so the like the relationists their energy is directed outward the idealist their energy is directed inward and for these two types it's it's split like like we three sixes and nines are are sort of holding uh, pushing the energy out in both directions and disconnection for us it it, it means a, a disconnection from the thing that we're sort of expecting and also a disconnection from the external holding as well. So, so speaking specifically for nines, like when, when that, that idea of our presence matters, when, when this seeps in the disconnection that comes from that, the ability to, to disconnect in healthy ways, it it means disconnecting from conflict. It means disconnecting from needing everything to be the way that you think it should be like that, that peaceful space. It also means disconnecting from uh, people that cause disruption in your space. So, like, because it's so hard for us to face conflict, we like, like part of that is that that we don't want to enter into spaces where that conflict might happen. Because, like, we we just really don't want to have that conflict, and the disconnection includes disconnecting from from that concern about facing that conflict. Like this is something that I need to enter into in order to create the peace that I'm seeking. And if I don't enter into it, then that peace won't happen. And so disconnecting from the idea that doing nothing will create peace, <laughs> like disconnecting from, from the potential harm that I might be causing by entering into this conflict actually allows me to create the peace that I'm looking for. Right. Plays out in the other two types. You want to play that out? Yep. Threes and sixes are likewise going to have to, you know, have that moderation. When do you disconnect? When do you stay attached? There's got to be wisdom there. Right, right. For for threes, like disconnecting from that that need to be praised, that need to be seen as excellent and 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 to be told that you're excellent. It means you it it frees you up to just be good at what you're doing. And, and when you don't, when the space that you're trying to create is, is one where everyone succeeds and you find that people are in that space not wanting to succeed, the, the fact that they don't want that does not mean that you aren't good at creating that space. The healthy disconnection allows you to, to detach from the, the way that other people influence your own vision of yourself. And, and then two for sixes, uh, this disconnection is a little bit clearer, I think with sixes, because it, it, it means that the disconnection allows you to stop looking outside for your own validation to stop needing that support from other people, like especially people who are abusing it. It's, it's so easy for sixes to, uh, to take abuse, to take people taking advantage of them, to, to be the silent, to the, the silent worker who gets trampled on all the time. And, and when, when sixes lean into this idea that they are enough, when they, when they build that in and, and really focus on the things that they can and do, do well, they can recognize where they need to separate themselves from, from other people, from, from people who are causing them harm, from people who are not creating safe spaces for the people around them. From, and, and the counterphobic six comes out in this way it, it it can be really healthy and it can be really unhealthy, but but I think that the healthy aspects of that counterphobic, like like recognizing that authority is not doing what it's supposed to do, the healthy disconnection also means that you can speak up for others in that way. Bang, that's a good word on that. Thing that hit me, there's the, the moderation that comes here in terms of dealing with. Relational boundaries, disconnection, and frustration. Moderation, as we've said, just primary. Well, how do you know what counts as moderation? 
Well, you need to be wise on these fronts. You need to really engage your mind and thoughtfully look at this. But it's not enough to simply know how to moderate. You also have to have the courage to, to do it. Right. And those three virtues are often called the cardinal virtues. They're central to the Greek tradition. You know, when moderation, wisdom, and courage reign in us, Plato says we experience like everything whole, everything is as it should be. And for Plato, that word is justice, but it's justice in the individual. And just as we're talking, I'm like, hey, it's just right here. It's right here. Yeah. Uh, um, so anyway, needed to get my nerdy side note in. Yeah. Notice too that those three virtues also feed each other. And they do. Yeah. Yep. Bang. Well, that's motive then. Like, what does it look like to deal with lack? First, just getting your center healthy. Like you're taking in the world. Get your how you're taking in the world healthy. The second step would be how you respond to the world, which in Enneagram language is stance. This was the material that I got most excited about in terms of the whole study of affect. So hopefully it'll come out well. <laughs> but it seems to me that when we engage others from that spot of lack, you know, somebody hasn't received our gift, our ideals, or the spaces we create, that's going to produce in us some kind of feeling. And this feeling really needs to get named. For ones, fours, and sevens, there's something like an, a feeling of abandonment or that because somebody hasn't come along with me, now I'm isolated and alone. And that plays out in how ones, fours, and sevens can act in the world. Right. For twos, fives, and eights, they also are going to have a feeling. Um, for eights, it's, it's like somebody didn't receive my strength or even like pissed on my strength or, you know, like dismissed my strength. And so I'm just going to cut them off. For fives, this person didn't receive my wisdom. That's going to hurt. And it's going to materialize much more like something like apathy. Like, well, of course, now I don't care about them. All of this is coming from that spot of just, you know, expecting rejection. It's like how now that I expect rejection, what am I going to do to the person, you know, who I was in relationship with and it went badly. And for twos, they get emotionally, you know, kind of reactionary to go full circle. The, the feelings that emerge when, when there's lack are really important. And we kind of hinted at already for three sixes and nines that they're going to dread engaging their repressed center, as you were mm -hmm. talking about. Uh, nines are going to dread getting involved in, in acting in bad relationships and, Threes are going to dread engaging their emotions and the emotions of others. And sixes have a hard time getting their heads around all this. Right. So that's just quickly going around the circle there. But So here would be the big idea with going towards the high side of stance. In order to get to the high side of stance, you have to elevate your repressed center. Yeah. This is something we speak extensively about. If you go to our, our series where we talk through the steps of the Enneagram, um, one of the first things we say, this, this, is, this is the work that really gets you in a stable position, is just elevating your repressed center. So um, I'm gonna assume if you haven't listened to that material, you should, but for nines, fours, and fives, getting healthy here means engaging their bodies. Yep. For ones, twos, and sixes, getting healthy here means engaging their minds. And for three, sevens, and eights, it means engaging their feelings. This is what health looks like in engaging the world for those types. And so when we have relationships that go badly, we have to re-engage the world. What does it look like to re-engage the world in ways that are healthy? Well, it's probably going to look like going back to this place. I need to really, for ones, twos, and sixes, get my head around Myself, my place in the world, how things have gone. I need to do productive thinking about those things and not just spin out of control. Right. For three, sevens, and eights, it means your emotions have to be depthy. You have to have lots of different language for all of the feelings. It can't just be anger eights. It can't just be positive sevens. Um, it's got to be insightful and it's got to have some color to it. And you need to be able to talk about your inner life in ways that are detailed yeah. and not just flat. 
and for fours, fives, and nines, you need to get out of your imagination and mind and get into your body and acting again. And this is where health's at. Yeah. Thoughts on elevating repressed centers, and then we'll talk about uh, what I love here, the worst case feelings that come from broken relationships. Yeah, I think that like like we we say this all the time. This is a this is a good mantra that that like if you're only going to do one thing with enneagram work for the rest of your life, the the work that you're going to do is is stance work, and you can be doing it for the rest of your life. And and elevating that that repressed center is that this is something that will help you across the board. And when you combine it with affect, when you think about what happens when you have some sort of lack of relational connection, elevating that repressed center it might solve the problem, but most importantly, it will actually like, it will help you develop a healthier response. And, and this is, it, it's across the board. It'll help you develop healthier responses to every single thing in your life, but particularly with lack in relationships, it, it helps balance. It helps bring forward some of the the things that you're lacking, some of the some of the ways that you are struggling to understand or do the right thing or or feel the things that you're supposed to be feeling because that repressed center is is not doing the amount of work it's supposed to be doing. When how you re-engage the world comes out of that space, you've elevated your repressed center, that's a place of balance. Right. Another word for balance is moderation. Hey, that just is going to govern a lot of play, you know, playing out ways it look like (laughs) to be healthy in the world. Here's the thing. So to go back to, to each of the groups, twos, fives, and eights have a gift that has not been accepted. Strength, their love, their wisdom. It's going to produce a feeling in them. That feeling is going to color a lot of their relationships. This is going to be true for all the types, but twos, fives, and eights. Let's sit with them for a minute. Four twos. Twos are going to have a move take place inside of them where they bail thinking and elevate their intelligence center. It's all emotion now. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's probably in emotion in action. And that creates when relationship has gone bad, a reactionary feeling inside right. of twos. You want to talk about twos being reactive and, and their repressor? Yeah, I think that like like that that idea that like I I am offering you this help. I'm offering you this this thing that I have, this this care, this genuine re- relational connection that has to do with like what what you need and you don't receive that, then the mind shuts down and it becomes uh like like we sp- they spin out sort of they sort of get get stuck in what the feeling space is and and that like like this is where the sort of martyrdom comes out it's 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 uh, you're rejecting me because of who i am and therefore you don't love me and and it com- it comes out in these these weird sort of manipulated manipulative kind of ways but like the healthy response bringing bringing that feeling space back in that it it doesn't get rid of that reactionary attitude but it it does temper it with some some wisdom some some understanding and, and and like maybe somebody is not receiving your help because they actually don't need it but it doesn't mean they don't love you and and understanding that that your response that that initial thing that comes out of you is reactionary helps you understand that like that's that's part of where the breakdown happens in your relationships. I suppose even if they do tell you they don't love you, the, the one of the better things to do would be to push into your thinking center. Like get your head around that in terms of how then do you navigate a really painful situation. But unhealthy twos can become unbalanced and it can just be all emotion and action at that point. Right. Yeah. Right. And and you don't have the ability to create healthy boundaries. Right. And there yeah. there it is. Um, the thinking, engaging thinking is going to allow you to, to push into those boundaries in worthy ways. For fives, you'll notice they're the being rejected or having their gift unaccepted means they're going to disengage from their body. And that's the place that we see with fives and, and apathy. Mm-hmm. It can move into a very 
uh, mental space that's about their emotions, but they're no longer engaging the world physically. Right, right. It's the um, that the apathy that exists there is is it, it has so much to do with a five's natural bent towards disconnection anyway, and and they in stepping away and saying, I'm not going to do anything about this because I don't care anymore. Like it, it, it's further separates it further isolates. Like all of these things are isolating things. And, and when fives are able to do the work of sort of bringing up that repressed center, the apathy can actually be pivoted, be, uh, Oh, I can't think of the word I'm looking for be sort of transformed into an understanding uh, it, like the the disconnection that that fives naturally have anyway when lack happens the apathy isn't necessarily damaging like it's it has a lot to do with creating better boundaries and and not caring about these things as opposed to not caring about anything like fives right. are, it's so much easier for fives to be nihilistic and not care about anything and healthy apathy is not caring about things that you shouldn't care about and being okay with that yeah i assume it comes from a pathos which would have to do with just getting rid of all of your emotions you need some emotions that would be the balancing right and and it also it it serves to recognize that if you have apathy, that means that, like, that you cared in the first place. Yeah. Like, like you can't hate things that you didn't, that you don't care about, you know? I think that's the move. It's the five needs to engage the relational investments that they know have been really strong and valuable. Push into that space. Maybe I'm, I'm, shooting from the hip here but the it's not no relationships it's not all the relationships again there's balance but you have to invest your energy into the things into relationships that matter well, let me think about that that's well, hard because the five I, could find themselves in a place of real relational brokenness and so right. what do you do there right but I, I think that like the the repressed center being the body the that doing space like it, there, there's work to be done here you you can't just step out of your whole life, yeah. And and the the balance that's needed in this is is like there there are places where where apathy won't work, and and there are some places where you know, not caring about things that aren't important is fine. And there's other stuff that that needs your presence, that needs your your hands to do the work. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. I, once you've created the healthy relational boundaries, then you need to push into action with the relationships that will work. Right. And do the work on yourself so that you can be the sort of person that's lovable. Right. Bang. Eights. You'll notice with eights, they uh, when the gift isn't accepted, there will be the temptation to just get rid of all feelings. And the, the, the relational vengeance that can come out of eights or just the cutting people off side of eights can can manifest here yeah. and uh and that's not necessarily the best move you got right. thoughts on eights here right that that combining that lack with the uh repressed feeling center it's really easy to not care about other people and and to not care about how your behavior affects other people which is something that eights struggle with and and the like just cutting people off because they hurt you once and maybe you need to you need to learn how to create better healthier boundaries with people which sometimes means not so much boundaries and and you need to learn how to open up windows into the wall that you've built and and like just just building the wall higher is is not a sustainable mm. posture toward the world right I love that image of uh, healthy response is going to be caring about the feelings of others mm-hmm. and and caring about your own feelings and what, you know, the damage that perhaps may have been experienced in a relationship that didn't go well. Right. It's a vulnerable place. It's a real healthy place to do that surgery, do that work for so that you can reengage your heart and the hearts of others. Right. Those eights that can get there 
real healthy folks. Right. As as we're talking through twos, fives, and eights, one of the things, as, you know, idealist that I am, I super respect and I'm always like not mystified by, but like I feel like these types can do relationship better than I do because of the the boundaries that they put forward. Like if you're in the circle in which a two, five, or eight actually give their authentic self, not just from a distance, here's my strength, here's my wisdom, here's my, how I can be helpful, mm. but like truly opening, like those are some of the relationships I really treasure most because I know how much it takes for them, those types to, to get to that spot and that, you know, I'm honored to be invited into those spaces. Right. Well, and, and I also want to point out, like, one of the things that sticks out to me when we look at this list is it, like, the, the pairing of the energy, the directional energy is is really apparent to me as well. Because, like, these three types, I, I really like the word reactionary here about their, their feeling, their response is it has to do with something out there. Mm-hmm. It, it's all reactionary toward the other people. The energy is toward the other um, even the apathy is is saying, I'm not going to care about you anymore. And and it's it's directed outward. Bang. Last ones, ones, fours, and sevens. Same story of either getting their mind, body, or feelings around the problem. I feel like there's a the word here is abandonment for me. Mm-hmm. That when creating the ideals, when trying to pull others into that world that you envision. Sometimes people don't go, you know, and then all of a sudden you're like, come on, come on, it's over here, come on, come on. You look around and then you're all by yourself. Right. And what do you do in that space? So one, starting with ones, just engaging your mind in that space is probably going to be helpful. Right. That That's both self-awareness, and, and I don't want to push too hard on, on this front because it can be the place ones do self-harm, but perhaps asking, like doing an inventory of why is it, why is it the case that people aren't following me into this adventure without being overly self-critical? Man, that's a balancing act, but right. the, well, getting your head around that would be valuable, I think. Yeah, because that, that sense of abandonment is really fed by that internal critic. Like that mm-hmm. that issue is, it, it just, it, of course I'm alone because I'm not good enough to, to convince other people to follow me. And right. I'm the only one who sees these things that need to be fixed and, and I, uh, the isolation that comes from that inability to think, to, to process and to, to prioritize information uh, and to, to see like, because of this idealism, it, it's also an inability to accept other people's perspective in a way that that's healthy and productive and, and that like the, the work of shoring up that repressed center is like it, it, it just gives you space to have more, to have, to have a a broader understanding, to, to be more inclusive for, for other people's thoughts and, and the way other people see. And, and, and to say that, that, you know, maybe other people didn't just, didn't care about the thing that you care about and that's okay. It doesn't make them bad and it doesn't make you bad. Right. And it doesn't mean you're alone. It just means that, that you care more about this thing that other people don't care about. I suppose the moderation comes back into play here for all three of the idealists. There is a place of like ones, fours and sevens can go extreme with their ideals, Mm -hmm. you know, and other people just can't possibly keep up. Right. And relational connection is going to have to take that into account. Yeah. And understanding wisely, understanding how to moderate your ideals into packages that are palatable you know, that others can accept that aren't too much behavior that those, those sorts need to embrace. Yeah. 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 Cause uh, I mean, those, the idealistic worldview is, is not firmly rooted in reality. It's, it's pulling us yeah. toward something else and, and doing that kind of work is, is going to help ground you a little bit more. I think that's a helpful word. With ideals, you can't see ideals. They're, in theory, they're they're in the future, right? Or they're, you know, they're they're in your head. They're in your 
the those romantic visions of how things could be they're not flesh and blood yet you gotta make those real right connecting to others through things that aren't yet real that's a that's a hard task sometimes <laughs> right right and for ones the doing that work of processing and and better thinking about like what is my responsibility and what is the responsibility of the people around me and and what what parts of these relationships broke because I am idealistic mm-hmm. and and just you know coming back to the ground a little bit I've used the word a handful of times I, I hear it used for fours all the time that fours are too much but it seems to me that ones and sevens can be too much mm-hmm. in the in very very similar ways right it's just um, yeah the uh, we we demonize too much emotion more than we demonize most other things yeah so that's that, that's it so then for fours balance is going to look like engaging their body there's there's going to be something of the ideals not being met in your relationships means well what does it mean how does that work for fours I mean it, it I I think it has. We're, we're talking about the sense of abandonment with ones, fours, and sevens. And I think with fours, oftentimes because of that idealistic vision, the abandonment is has so much to do with the ways that fours push people away. And like, I, I am alone because nobody understands me, and I push people away because they don't live up to this idealistic vision. They, they, don't, they won't engage me to the depths that I am expecting. And oftentimes that, that sort of abandonment is actually, it, it's, it's much more a feeling than it is something that happens to you. And it's not that people are leaving you, it's that you feel alone in this space because nobody, you feel like nobody sees you. And so that like engaging that body, bringing up that repressed center, it, it means you have to, you, you get to move toward other people. It, it, it's, it, it like, if you feel like you're alone, then maybe you should go somewhere where you're not alone. And and four so right. easily spend, like, they, they're very comfortable being in that alone space because, you know, this is, this is what's real. This is an accurate representation of how I feel. But shoring up that repressed center, shoring up that body in the action centers, it gives you permission and encouragement and steps to take to do something about your situation instead of just ruminating on how you feel about it. Okay. I don't think I ever think of sevens being alone, but I bet you sevens can see sevens as alone. Right. We've talked about this in the past that a lot of sevens, unfortunately really can wrestle with self-harm and suicide Mm -hmm. and when things break. And there's something about that side of the sevens loneliness that it needs to be addressed yeah and apparently it's about engaging your feelings yeah well and there's like if you're always on the move you're you're gonna have a hard time finding people who are always going to be with you you know Mm -hmm. and and so like when when relationships break when when that separation happens it's almost like like you are the one that's actually running away from this and engaging the feeling center has to do with becoming more comfortable, learning how to sit in this, the discomfort, learning how to to stay instead of running away from the place where where people are not meeting your ideals, and 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 to not to not abandon your own heart, like like all all of the these feelings coming out of lack for the relationists that. Their, their feeling sort of pushes outward and the sense of abandonment pushes inward, but it's also directed inward. So like, like sevens are almost running away from themselves. Fours mm-hmm. are, are, um, are sort of like running away from their, the connection of other people. Ones are sort of running away from the, the doing things with other people and, and sevens like, it's almost the, it's the most clear with sevens that, that they are abandoning their own feelings and and the connection that they have with other people because they don't want to be in the hard places, and so working on that that feeling center is is about becoming more comfortable with the connection with the harder stuff with the with the things that aren't fun and aren't great but are necessary for good connection in relationship. Yep. 
There's something about that. I'll just do it myself. Maybe that's more the ones, but I can see that in a different kind of way going with fours and sevens as well. Right. Right. I'll just um, do it myself is good for ones. I'll just, I'll, I'll be fine by myself is good for fours. I'll go by myself. Yeah. Is there, good for sevens. Is. Yeah. That's, that's exactly how it works. Yeah. Bang. Big idea here. Doing stance work, elevating your repressed center. I, those are all buzzwords. I realize it as I'm saying it. <laughs> those are buzzwords, but getting your head around this idea, super valuable, important. And we've spent a lot of time on a previous podcasts, again, specifically in that uh, steps series, just talking about tools that will help you elevate your repressed center. And if your repressed center is elevated, this can be a fantastic place to be in re-engaging relationships. Right. This is a good place to pause and continue this discussion next time. We'll pick up with the Pragmatists 369 and the dread that arises in lack. We'd love to engage with you on Twitter or Instagram if you have any thoughts about this episode. And you can always find links to those and our other material at aroundthecircle.org. There you'll also find a link to our Patreon, which can help you connect to our online groups meeting every other Sunday. Of course, we love stars and reviews, and the best way you can help us with our podcast is to share this with someone you love. I'm TJ Wilson. He's Jeff Cook. And as always, who you aren't isn't interesting. Be who you are, and you'll set the world on fire. <laughs>